Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah. Yo, what's up? Suns fan with Sin. <laughs> uh, for episode. It's your boy, Sunsman Gold. For episode 173, sponsored by Manscaped. Tis the season for clean balls. Fa la 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 la. Our friends at Manscaped are helping you clear your driveway for safe travels this holiday season. From stocking stuffers to white elephants, Manscaped's products are at the top of every wish list. Grab some crop mops for your pops or the body buffer for the holiday lover. Win this year's white elephant gift and help all the men in your life go from eggnog to nice hog this December by going to manscaped.com and using We Say Things as a promo oh, code for 20% off and free shipping. Uh, another great holiday blurb here for Manscaped. I, I love whoever's writing these, man. I, I love it. It's they, so good. They really stepped so it up good. this time. <laughs> From eggnog to nice hog. Huh? Uh, but That's as good. always, uh, Manscaped has tons of products on their site, and you can go to the website at manscaped.com, type we say things for 20% off and free shipping. We appreciate it. Uh, in brew shout out, Cinderin. I guess we'll talk about why we've been delayed so long after the in brew shout out. I, I, I'm, I'm waiting for you to go through the motions. It's fine. Okay. I'll do them all since you're very ill. Uh, in Bruges here, thank you to Q Ludes, stupid co-pilot, Persian tongue twister, Shish Sikh Jigar Sikhi Shish Hazar. I actually feel like I pronounced those right, even though I have no idea what any of them mean. D2 Bowie, Yataro does it again, Cinder and A Scorpi. I also agree with Sunshine that CSGO is the best spectator sport, esport, maybe an ad because Valve won't their games oscar magdev seeker used all his spirit vessel charges on santa pudge my grandma still doesn't know what dota is disco farm d loves all segments especially the nba ones i'm once oh. again asking you to say my name simply stooge silly stooge salacious stooge statistic stooge skating stooge sen the mega pope all right eg is out it's your time shannon commit to buying the best na team called arkosh take them to second ti in new zealand zan xavier Nate Thicko, 01 Hamscroats, Bacon, Shark TM, Freshly Seasoned Goat Balls, Janie, Dop, Nothing to See Here, Underscore Man, Guitar Strings, Eve Remort, Ben, his Patreon names are too long and they're annoying to read out on the podcast, Broomhead, Wooden Aftertaste, Anonymous, and it is impossible for most people to lick their own elbow, Mr. Niebling. A very... Can you do that? No. A very uninteresting stat, though, because some people can. Yes. It's a, that's a, that's a, I don't like this stat, Niebling. I'm sorry. Okay, it, it's like saying most people can't, I don't know, look into 
look into the sun and not sneeze, but you like that one. Oh, that's because it has percentages behind it. This one is just very vague. Like, yeah, some people oh, can do I it. See. Yeah. Mo most people, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we need stats, Niebling. We need the percentage. Yes. Shannon is a very scientific person. He only cares about numbers. That is true. All right, why have we been delayed two weeks, Cinderin? All right, so long story short, Susie was at a cosplay event, and she got really sick. Um, and I thought I wasn't getting whatever she had because she had been sick for like a full week, and I had just not shown any symptoms whatsoever. But then suddenly I started showing the same stuff. And that was back on, I think, the 27th of November. So since then, I've gone through a great amount of... had a couple of days with fever, and then I had throat, <laughs> throat ache, headaches, coughing. You know, the whole shebang for bad cold. And then as it was about to go better and almost be over, I had a resurgence yesterday where my throat... Or this morning, actually, my throat started hurting more than it had so far from swallowing. So that's great. And my right ear is blocked, but wow. my voice is pretty okay. I'm not coughing that much right now, so we're shooting this episode out now so we don't delay it forever. So that's, that's been my two weeks. Uh, I tried streaming, I think, two or three days, and it went mediocre. I was coughing quite a bit. And it's not that great for a podcast to have someone sitting there coughing half the time. So that's why I wanted to postpone it. Yeah, but, there's this one guy that really hates it when I cough like a few times every episode. <coughs> yeah actually if you guys are wondering why we've delayed it it's for that guy in particular so if you're <laughs> unhappy that we've delayed it for two weeks then you can you can comment at him so can you illuminate us first mm. of all, i'm very sorry you've been sick very okay. sorry indeed what the fuck have you been doing i i imagine like what you are doing while being sick and it's a combination of being bedridden slash raiding, and that is it. Like, not even going to the toilet half the time. Like, All right, so, give me the rundown. So here's the thing. Like, for the most part, aside from, like, the two days that I had a fever and I was lying down quite a bit, for the most part, I've just had low energy. Like, I've got up, I've done my chores, I've walked the dog, uh, the bit that I have had to do, and then... Aside from that, I've honestly been sitting a lot at the PC. I've played a bit of Dota. Like I said, I streamed a couple of days. I played some WoW. I played some poker. I kind of went through the motions, but when you're sick like this, you're just very fatigued all the time. So you feel like the thought of starting up the stream and running something where you're on camera and you're talking and you're playing and you're putting on a bit of, at least a bit of a show. I'm not saying like I'm a true showman or whatever, or super entertaining. Of course I am really funny, but... Um, yeah, I, I, was, I was just really low energy. I don't know. I, I'm sure everyone can relate to that. Like when you've had the flu or a bad cold or whatever, you're just like going through the day and you don't have very much energy. Um, I think, how to say, I think if my, if my job was in more of like an office setting, I wouldn't have been out of, I wouldn't have been not working for a week and a half. I think the first five or six days, I probably would have stayed fully home. And then after that, I could have probably got done and gone my stuff because, you know, you just do it on your own. You're kind of minding your own business, doing things at your pace or whatever. Um, but for me, streaming is a different thing. I don't know if that makes sense, but... Yep, it does. Effectively, yeah. So I could have just put on a stream and muted myself and just pressed buttons and played a Dota game. And I just think that's not good content. So then I would rather not stream. 
And then when I did give it a shot the, the other day, I was coughing through half of it, but at least, you know, I had the energy for it, which is, makes it feel way more rewarding. So mm-hmm. that's basically it. I've just been low energy and doing the usual, uh, just to a lesser extent, to be honest. So. Very good to hear, Sundaran. Uh, okay. So I have a Suns fan recommends before we get started. Uh, this one is very outdated. I'm going to seem like an absolute boomer. It's five years old. It's a video game. Can you guess what it is? Five-year-old video game. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you've been seeing me, if you've been looking at your friends list, you may have seen me playing it. I actually think I haven't noticed, so okay. I would be completely in the dark. So, because of the Steam Deck, I feel like the Steam Deck, man, it has really mm-hmm. opened me up to playing new games. Uh, obviously, since I've been burnt out on Dota for quite a while now. Um, Slay the Spire. <laughs> mm. A game that has been recommended nice to game. me for years and years and years. And I won't lie, like... I'd never played a. Oh my god, I'm gonna sound like a moron. What kind of a game is it? The uh, I know it's a roguelike, but what's when you're building your deck new every time? That's there's something there's a name for that I think. Um, uh, specifically with cards, like a deck builder. That's what I was. Okay, so oh, I've that never, was actually what I was thinking. I've never sure. played a deck builder before like that. Uh, obviously, the aspects uh, like Hades or whatever, where you're having to redo everything, the roguelike stuff is really good it's extremely well made i have to admit and the thing that turned me off just visually was this thing that you know how everybody has their biases you know since i was a kid like rpgs the way that i thought what an rpg was which i know this hasn't been the case for a while really but there's some rpgs that are like this where you just have two characters and one attacks then you wait like it's turn-based I despise them forever. I never got into like any every of them. turn-based game. Every turn-based attacking when it's like a I don't know what the specific uh like a lot of Pokemon games, I remember seeing them as a kid, not not she big didn't fans. like Heroes of Might and Magic either. No. Although I don't think I ever oh, played damn. that one. Uh anyway, it has that aspect which that's the reason I hadn't been playing it for so long, but it is mm-hmm. extreme Slay the Spire is really good. Very, very good game. Would recommend it for people that have not played it, like me, uh, which is probably very few of you. Uh, Shannon, I'm, I'm starting to notice something. You get recommendations about movies or about games from other people, and then eventually you come around to them. But everything I recommend to you, don't touch. What did you recommend? I'm just saying. Why I can't remember a sign from Zelda. <sighs> Zelda. God. Any Legend of Zelda game. Uh, okay, let me recommend something else so you try something else. Yeah, so how about something that's not Nintendo? <clears throat> Darkest Dungeon, now that you like a turn-based game. Darkest, let me look this up. Darkest Dungeon. The banger game. Okay, let me look at images of this, because I like to judge a book by its cover. What kind of game is oh, this? Oh, have you played Hollow Knight? No. Alright, number one. That is my biggest recommendation for you, then. Hollow Knight. Yes. I think we've talked about this a couple of oh, times. Oh, is on this the a platformer? Okay, I'm not. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'm not going to say I won't like it. I'm pretty over platformers since Super Mario Three. I've been over platformers. 
Okay. This is not like Super Mario. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, I can't. I, platformers are so boring. It's just this linear bullshit. I don't know. Am I the only one that's like that? I love oh, Super yeah, Mario 3. Another suggestion 3. from chat. Celeste. Celeste, also a banger. Dude, there's actually, I think the majority Celeste. of really good games from the last three years are all indie games. Celeste is incredible. I mean, I don't know if you would call Hades an indie game. It is. I think that's... Would you say that's indie still? Yeah, they have 20 employees. Yeah, so Celeste, Hades, Valve is Hollow also Knight. an indie company, by the way. Celeste, Celeste, uh, Celeste, Hades, and Hollow Knight are probably the three best video games from the last few years. Okay. Just incredibly good. Very good. All three of them. Okay, uh, let's get on to the news of the last couple weeks. Um, I'm so happy you agreed to play those games, by the way. That's I have nice. not, but thank you for All those right. recommendations. Yeah. Appreciate okay. it. Mm -hmm. uh, there's been some DPC announcements. Um, PGL has announced that they will be doing EU and NA. And ESL has not been given any region. And I know a lot of people were wondering if this is the news that I was uh, talking about. So I, I actually learned about this news maybe a week after... I originally said that something bad was going to happen, so this was not it. But then when I heard this, I'm like, everyone's going to think that <laughs> this was <laughs> because the you know not a whole lot of fanfare behind PGL these days. It feels like uh, actually, it's smart. You know, you you give this like you give this like dooming speech, and then whenever something really bad comes out, you can claim it was that one. Well, you know me, I would have just, just got to wait. If if that was the case, I feel like this would have been it. People. Are pretty upset about this generally, uh, but ESL. I know Shane made a tweet saying that he has a lot of stuff that they're working on for this next year. So excited yep. to hear what they have planned. Uh, were you surprised when you heard about this? Yeah, I think so. I think the fact that the same studio gets uh, two regions for the entire—it's all three seasons, right? I believe that is confirmed. Is it three seasons? Oh yeah, three seasons. Yeah, it's it's three, right? I believe they announced all three uh, were going to to PGL, and I think was it today or the yesterday that they announced all the SEA going to? Oh, why am I forgetting what they're called? Shit! I didn't see any. Uh, I'm sure someone in chat can help me out with this. I, it's eluding me right now. Um, but they all actually... the SA DPC are going to the same studio as well. Okay. All three of them. Um, anyway, uh, it's eluding me, but it's besides the point. All three, all three seasons are going to the same, which I think is the first time, right? Because previous years, the DPCs have been kind of like distributed. No. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Last year, I think ESL had both NA and EU, but it was only two seasons, right? No. And this time it's three. No. No? It was all three seasons. Wait, it was three seasons. E ESL had NA and EU as well. Everyone That's that was given a region had all three seasons. Okay, so I'm just completely wrong and you can disregard everything i just said yes except the fact that it's pgl that has all three and not esl and last year pgl had no dpc but then they had ti and when you one say all major? three you're talking about three seasons not three regions right three seasons yes although i don't know if all the regions have been announced so maybe they could have more regions for all we know right uh, but yeah i i think i'm i'm it's pretty surprising to me because pgl uh i mean if Reddit is any indication, people are not big fans. Uh, but more so, it's it's less about that and more about ESL not getting anything. That's really weird. Right. 
I think if I had to, I'm trying to think of the rating of the, so we play, I think makes the best events. ESL mm. is probably next. ESL also has, uh, like they've done a lot for the scene in general. So when I say ESL, it's both DreamHack and ESL for people that don't know. It's right. one company. Yeah. So that is weird. Uh, I'm not sure what the reasoning would be, but maybe in maybe we'll find out in due time. Not sure what else we can say about this, honestly. I mean, uh, it's the the standard or the default way of thinking about this is that there's a high chance that it has something to do with production costs, right? Like PGL operates out of Romania. They probably have lower costs than ESL does. Um, so if there's parity or at least presumed parity between the productions from Valve's perspective, they might go for the cheaper option or maybe they have some sort of a logic with... Uh, you know, some sort of fairness principle or whatever that, okay, ESL, you had EU and NA last year, now it's time for someone else to have it, or maybe it's none of those, and they just, you know, may maybe ESL, maybe that's some bad blood, maybe something happened behind the scenes between ESL and Valve that wasn't good, and Valve don't want to work with them. Like, you can speculate all you want, but at the end of the day, a lot of the time, I think, you know, money talks a lot in this kind of stuff, and I think PGL is a is a, probably a, a cheap partner for Valve to have. It was the same for this TI, I imagine, uh, like we talked about. I think PGL was, uh, I think, largely chosen because it was probably a really good pitch for Valve to work with them. So, and that's business, you know. Um, I agree with you. I think it's a shame that ESL has nothing. I would have liked to have them have at least one region, if not two, or at least one or two seasons of something. Uh, so I'm with you that that is surprising. And it's... It's also kind of surprising that PGL goes from, I believe, running Nose. Did they run any DPC last season? No. I don't think so. so I want to talk about that. They had that. TI I think, in one major, I believe, or something like that. And yeah, now they just run I think the, the full DPC for you. The reason they so. didn't do DPC, I, this could be wrong information. I'm pretty sure this is right, though. The reason they didn't do DPC last year is because they didn't think it would be profitable. Um, mm. but it, And so they took one major. But I think it turns out the DPC is is more profitable than a major, uh, if you if you have EU, and mm -hmm. if you have EU, you are now basically kind of required to have NA because nobody wants NA. I know last season, literally zero people, zero real offers came for NA. Mm -hmm. So so it was a package deal. It had to, it's like if you want EU, you have to have NA. Like eh, fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nobody okay. wants I. That was shocking to me that that's like this is before South America did really well at uh, TI and all that. Mm -hmm. That NA is considered less appealing than any other region. That's crazy. Yeah, it's kind of weird when you look at how it works in other esports, right? Where NA is considered one of the best regions to have because advertisements are worth a lot because the, you know, the average spending index over there is really powerful. So if you have good viewership on your event, then. NA ads and NA sponsorships pay really well. And in other games where they have the big orgs involved, there's big money. Um, but yeah, Dota just... Unfortunately, in the state of things right now, or at least last season, I don't think the season's going to be much better by the looks of it. There just aren't enough big orgs and big competitions in NA uh, for it to really be profitable. The EU viewership's just way higher. So even if, let's say, the, uh, the CPM which is how much you get paid per thousand viewers who watch an ad or a sponsorship or whatever, even if that's lower, 
you just trounce the numbers of NA regardless, so it might still be more profitable to run EU. Uh, you have so big profiles there. So it's a shame. I wish NA was doing better in Dota. I think that would be super good for the game. Um, but unfortunately, we're not really seeing many initiatives that try to improve it uh, from Valve's side or from orgs investing. And I, I do think from this, it has to come from Valve. You need to give incentive to the big NA orgs to want to play Dota, right? Um, I guess we'll get to that. We have one team announcement at least like, further down. But aside from that, no big news for NA, really. Yep, fairly accurate. Uh, okay, 7.32D. We won't spend much time on this. You said we would just mention the death of Wraith Pact and move on. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, we can we can do a little bit more than that if you want, but uh, it's a pretty small patch for the most part. I want to talk about. I do want to talk about Wraith Pact a bit. So mm -hmm. it doesn't reduce magical damage anymore; it's just physical or pure, or pure. So yeah, you think this item is just one hundred percent dead right now? Uh, no, I think it's like it's a strategic counter item to specific lineups. Like if you're playing against a lineup that's very physical heavy, uh, where it's a type of physical damage, then Crimson Guard isn't good against. Um, Wraith Pack can be a good alternative. And I mean, it still has Vlad's in it, right? Vlad's is a great item. So I just think it's more of a... It, it's a tactical item now instead of a, lol, this item's just broken. And I'm fine with that. I personally thought it should have been removed. Uh, I think this is the second best option that I've heard, though. Um, so I overall, I'm pretty happy. I haven't seen it bought a single time, I think, since the change, though. So effectively, it may kind of be pseudo-removed. Was the first best um, option deleting the item entirely? Yeah. So that was my, my favorite was deleting it, and then it's been like other suggestions that I think could have been okay. Uh, but I actually think this is better than those other ideas. So um, now the, the problem now is that like Crimson Guard and Wraith Pack kind of serve the same purpose to an extent, right? Like it's physical damage mitigation from the enemy team, but Crimson Guard doesn't block spells, and this does. So physical damage spells that have that component like Quill Spray or whatever mm -hmm. uh, actually get reduced by Wraith Pack. So there's like some heroes that you can buy this against. Uh, with so a benefit, a, and of course, it's also Vlad's. It's a niche item, then. Exactly. It's like a, it's a rare occasion one where maybe you need to buff it now a little bit to make it more appealing and find more use cases for it. But it's okay. At least it's not the old one, which, for the most part, people just really didn't like. Right. That was the, what I gathered. I don't think any pros really enjoyed the item that I talked to. Uh, also, people like when you interacted with stream chat or whatever, most people just thought it was kind of dumb. So. It's good uh, that it's changed. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a couple of other things in this patch. There's a small one that we might want to mention. Flagbearer creeps give 10 more bonus gold to allies in range. So that means largely supports will benefit a bit more from this in the laning stage. Uh, and then we have some small hero changes, but we don't have to go over it. Like, you know, some of the outliers that were too strong got nerfed a bit and others you, got buffed a bit. Well, we can talk briefly. Do you? Th I can also talk about Bloodstone if you want. Were you surprised? Yeah. Bloodstone, and then were you surprised that this wasn't a bigger patch? Are you expecting a bigger mm -hmm. patch? Like, at what time frame? When Muerta comes out? I was out? definitely... I was surprised, because usually... I think the last patch we've had, again, the map itself has been the same for, like, I want to say three years now, with minor changes, like a little bit of a slope here, a tree here or there, but no, like, big map changes, no bounty rune adjustments, nothing like that. Uh, so it's been the same, like, archetype of map for a long time. So I thought after this TI was when things was... We're going to shake things up, you know, good old style where the map changes, maybe economy changes more, all that stuff, but didn't really happen. Uh, I thought this was going to be this patch, and now that we're close to the DPC starting, I don't know if we're getting it, to be honest. Um, 
a lot of people are celebrating this as one of the best patches ever, which I would kind of agree with, but I still think it's that doesn't mean that we shouldn't change it more just for the fact that it's good. Because um, I think Dota is a game where like perfect balance doesn't exist in this game, and we can keep striving for it, but I also think there's something to be said about innovation and making creative stuff that uh, and shaking things up a bit that just appeals to the player base. They want something new. They want to learn. Dota is a learning game. And at some point, the learning feels like it stagnates a little bit. Like You can still come up with new strategies. We've seen this new item build, right, with Razor going Bloodstone that people say is super broken. And <laughs> it definitely is very powerful in certain games. But it's more like we get these like edge cases now of innovation because like bigger creativity is kind of hard to find now because mm. the game is so fleshed out. So... And also just when it comes to pro Dota, you know, the, the games, the patterns, the way things move uh, it, we've said this are kind of similar. We've right? been talking about this for years, so I won't harp on it too long, but it feels like there's a template on how to play Dota generally, and mm -hmm. you just follow it every game because it's kind of been, like the general movements have been kind of figured out for the most part, right? Yeah. That's the really good thing like when the we objectives get a new fuck up just... everything patch is that it becomes a sandbox again. Exactly. I mean, that's my favorite time is when there's a giant patch and nobody knows what's yeah. going on. That's the coolest part. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, Bloodstone wasn't uh, changed a whole lot. It was nerfed a little bit, but it's still really powerful on certain heroes. Yeah. Uh, Leshrac and Razor, you mean. That's it. Uh, predominantly. There's some experimental builds. I've seen someone, I've seen a couple of people blight up, but I don't like, um, what's it called? On Bristleback. I think it can run it on Viper. Um... But yeah, the two big outliers are Lesh and Razor for sure. Mm -hmm. so. All right, let's do, before we get into our roster shuffles, the SAP segment. Oh. Uh, all right. What's the score? <laughs> don't ask me that question. I think it's three and three. It I might... think I said that last week as well. Didn't I, I, get, know, didn't I get last week correct? Did you? Shit. Let's I say did. you're ahead by one and I don't know what the score is. That's yeah, fine that sounds good. Uh, all right, so my question for you, young man. We're since, still doing TI, right? Yeah, since TI7, which hero has recorded the most seconds of Disable other than Earthshaker, who is by far number one? Uh -huh. Is it Ember Spirit, Nyx Assassin, Elder Titan, or Dark Willow? Ember. Incorrect. Fuck. Does it count as a disable? This isn't a trick question, right? It's not a trick question. That does count okay, as a disable. So if the root counts, I would have picked that. Ember's right, so, played quite a so lot. So I'm going to go five to one here, okay? Okay. So fifth is Dark Willow with 9,800 seconds of I'm disable. I'm pretty sure she would be lowest, yeah. Elder Titan, 10,400. Ember, 10,800. Nyx is the correct answer. 11,000. 600. Oh, it was pretty close. And Earthshaker is 18,500, so not even Jesus. remotely close is number yeah. one. Yeah, I mean, I guess in the right games, Nyx does stun a shitload, right? If he hits multiple people with one carapace and stuff like that. There was the... Well, was that TI-10 where people were buying ags every game on him? That probably contributes right. to this. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just thinking in my mind, I feel like Ember has been picked more. Like, he's been a stable at TI for a long time, and he, you know, has played mid, so he gets levels, and then he's slight chains a lot throughout the game but i guess nick's still i guess per game 
Nyx is must my, also be way higher, right? I mean, Spike Carapace has to add up pretty fast, I guess. It it definitely does in the right conditions. Yeah, I'm not too surprised. All right, well that was great. Um, here's my question for you, which is also since and including Ti7, which hero has stacked most camps? Which is hero? It a okay. which hero has stacked most camps since and including Ti7? Is it A Alchemist, B Shadow Demon, C Elder Titan, or D Batrider? Wow, those are all really good choices. <laughs> Because you got the astral spirit. Is that aggro creeps still in the jungle? Uh, yeah, I think so. Right? I think it still does. All right, I'm gonna say it's not. It's not Elder Titan. <laughs> Why should that be the correct? <laughs> on that logic. <laughs> it's that's not the correct answer. You said alchemist, shadow demon, and et and bat. Yeah, and bat. Alchemist probably stacks a lot of camps. Shadow Demon has his little trick with Shadow Poison. I'm going to go Bat Rider because he just lives in the jungle and his stacks are insane. That is incorrect. Okay. The correct answer is Shadow Demon. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. Which I was kind of surprised to see because, yeah, he's amazingly good at stacking. But I guess there must have been one of the TIs that this hero was a pretty big pick. We haven't seen him much at TI 10 and 11. So he must have done a hell of a lot of work. In some of the earlier TIs. The fact that he can stack like three camps at once is pretty insane. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you have players like Insania who kind of made it a thing in a big way. One or two tournaments, but I don't think it was TI. Um, but yeah, Bad Rider is third, ET is second, Shadow Demon is first, and Alchemist is actually fifth. I was kind of surprised to see Alk on fifth. Um, fourth was Io, which makes sense because he plays a lot with the jungling carries, right? Um, but yeah, SD was number one. So... Good job, Shannon. We get it wrong once again. Thank you. As always, uh, mm -hmm. last week's question was which, in, uh, for TI, the last TI, which role had the most different heroes and how many were in it? Uh, you guessed 30. I guessed 35. The correct answer was 51. Whoa. As a carry. So I was 51 right. 51 carries? I was right about carry. You said offlane. So you got it wrong doubly, of course. Uh, Holy shit. And there were some outliers, of course, like obviously Doom was played a decent amount. Like we talked about how flexible the, the carry role was. Mm -hmm. uh, Beastmaster in some cases, Dawnbreaker, obviously that's kind of a split. LC was played as a position one. Lena as a position one, which is usually like a <laughs> mid-hero. So yeah, okay. yeah, pretty crazy carry year for sure, which is cool to see. Um, the closest person was... Carl Brachbin, who typed carry and 42, so only 9 42 off. is always a good answer. Very good. And well we done. should also mention the, the role with the least different heroes was actually mid. Which I think, was that also what we concluded? Maybe it was, actually. I don't remember. But mid had 33 different heroes, which is still more than I chose for most different heroes, which was 30. <laughs> so I was very wrong. And you were also very wrong. To be fair, we were both very wrong. But you got the right role. So that's I guess right. you win that one. Thank you. Uh, next question for next week from Juan Alejandro Chong. What team hero combination has the most picks in TI? Example, e.g. Storm Spirit, <laughs> Secret Enchantress, oh. etc. 
So if you want to guess in the comments, type in hashtag SAP Esports, the team, the hero. I'm not going to lie. The only thing I can think of is EG Storm, but that was the example here, which I I, don't think that is. I don't think it's the right answer because it's TI, right? Yeah. Enchantress, though, with Secret does sound pretty I'm just trying to think of who has played a lot of games at TI. Like LGD is number one most played games. That's not a secret. We've had that as a question another time or talked about it. Mm. Like LGD has played clearly the most games at TI, but they've also had a really big variety. So, and the fact that it's team hero and not player hero makes a pretty big difference because then it means you can have rosters change as long as the team identity is picking something. Oh man, this is really hard. I want to say LGD with something, but I don't know what hero to pick. Who picks the most Earth Shaker? LGD has played quite a lot of Shaker. That's right, not a bad guess. I'll go with that. Actually, yeah. Shit. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good guess. Um, it's all TIs, right? Yeah, all TIs. Ah. Uh, Wait, what's the most picked hero ever at TI? I'm going to say LGD Rubik. LGD Rubik. Okay, so it's LGD yeah. either way, which yeah. is kind of a safe answer, let's, I let's guess. Let's say that. Uh, okay, let's so again, try. hashtag SAP Esports, the name of the team, and then the hero. And if nobody guesses it right, then whoever is the highest ranked guess will be uh, given the shout out. So if your ideas are transformative, use them to transform SAP's customers' businesses. Check out SAP's various open positions in sales, development, and technology, and consulting at jobs.sap.com or by clicking the link in the description. Thank you to SAP for this segment, as always. Uh, roster shuffles. Okay. Oh, is this, this is spicy this week. This it is. Lot. Is this over? Let me double yes. check. Okay. Was it yesterday that they locked it? The deadline is over. You can't change rosters anymore. So okay, this is so final. hopefully I have most of the big ones in here. You For do. Team so. Secret, Nisha is out, which surprised me. They got second at <laughs> yeah, TI. me too. Uh, yeah. Boom has replaced him from Game and Gladiators. Worth noting is that Nisha left. Yes. Uh, Secret did not kick anyone. They didn't want to make any changes. Um, the official reason given was that Nisha was looking for something new. Um, he can have his own motivations for that. Like, um, I mean, we can speculate. Like, was uh, I saw the video where he was announced, which is the most Nisha has ever been on camera collectively, is in the one announcement video from Liquid, <laughs> which was like him talking for two or three minutes, which was incredible because he never does media. Yeah. Um, and he's honestly he's pretty well spoken. Yeah, he's not a native in English, uh, but he has his English has definitely improved to the point where I don't think he should. At least it shouldn't be the English that stops him from doing interviews. He shouldn't be shy about it. Um, but he can have his reasons, whatever it is. But in that, he said something like, uh, I'm going to paraphrase it a bit here. So he was looking for, some, he was looking for something new. Uh, he thinks Liquid is maybe the best org in all of esports, and he's going to be really comfortable playing there. Um, and he also said that he thinks that with this team, uh, he thought he didn't have as much of a voice in secret and has had as much influence as he thinks he can have in this team. So you can put whatever stock into that, whatever you will, about how secret operates and about how Nisha was a part of that puzzle. Um, I think many people regarded him as the star player of that team for the last two years. I think he's been exceptionally good and very consistent uh, out of the whole roster. 
Um, but, you know, he, he might just have been a really good soldier, you know, who didn't really get to have much of a say in strategy or in more of the macro stuff, which maybe he feels like he can develop more as a player, reach his ceiling more in Liquid, um, and become more of an integral part of developing the strategy, which is super rewarding. Um, I think he's just looking to grow, and that's very admirable. So, yeah, uh, Secret, like you said, replaces him with Boom. Um, used to play for Gaming Gladiators. Uh, made quite a name for himself in the last year, I would say, especially on tempo-based mid-heroes. So I think that's the recipe Secret are going for, is playing kind of higher tempo. Crystalis plays some tempo carries, some slower ones, and Boom's standout heroes are like Queen of Pain, Tiny, and Ember. Those are the three heroes I think about that guy. So playmaking mids that cast spells. And in this meta, pretty good fit for the team, I think. So I think Secret's still going to be a very good team. But it's hard to say it's not I mean, something, a downgrade, right? I, well, yeah. People regard Nisha as being the best, not just on Seeker, but in the world, the best player, period. Yeah, Which, a lot of people think he is Hard to argue against that sometimes because he goes absolutely berserk in certain games. Surprised yeah. he left because obviously Secret's going to win TI this next <laughs> year. I don't know why you'd want to give up that much money, but... Maybe he specifically just wants to fuck puppy over. This is like <laughs> ultimate goal. The whole prophecy is coming together, and he is going to be the one to break it. Some so, real anime villain shit right Something here we should Nisha. mention, since he is going to Liquid, Mickey will move to one, right? Do you think... Yeah. I feel like there's been a ton of people swapping between two and one. It doesn't really seem to be that much of a, a transition, depending on... Yeah. The person, I guess. Uh, but correct me if I'm wrong. Mika has played carry before for Liquid, right? Yeah, they they switched. When it they up, had but... Koikva, he played carry, and then they got Matu, and he went back to mid, and mm -hmm. now he's back to carry again. Uh, I think Mika was good at both roles. For me personally, I think his mid is better, but um, it's hard to argue that getting in Nisha with the player pool that is available when you do lose Matu is not the absolute S number one tier option Liquid possibly had. So mm -hmm. I think in this roster shuffle, this is probably the biggest winner for me out of everyone. Um, and I'm very curious to see how he's going to fit in with that team for the coming season. So they're maybe my favorite to be the strongest team in Europe now, actually. Yep, I agree. So... Uh... Gaming Gladiators, obviously we talked about Boom leaving, and the person replacing him is Quinn. Yeah, I'm excited about that. So, NA talent going to EU, similar to Snaking, just less talent in NA continues to be a thing, uh, but we yeah. wish Quinn well, and he's going to get to play in some crazy, I mean, it's going to be totally different, right? Mm -hmm. NA DPC for him is like, alright, we have to win our last match. That's the only one that's going to be difficult. EU, it's yeah. literally every game is going to be really hard. I think so. There's a couple of big positives here. Aside from the negative, obviously, that NA loses another one of their best talents, right, in the pool for that region. For Quinn, personally, I think this is the way for him to grow as a player. Um, I think unless you are on the NA team that gets all the international experience and gets really good placements, I think it's stifling your growth to play in that region, which is a shame to say, but someone like Quinn, who is extremely mechanically gifted and who I think his biggest downfall is lack of stage experience and lack of playing at the highest level against a lot of competitive opponents constantly to really polish his playstyle. I think this region will just be way better for him to improve. Um... 
So for, I, th I think that's really good. And I think it's the career move, right? Like, I think if he stays in NA and he doesn't get on, I mean, he would probably get on the team that is not the new EG, right? Like, so, realistically speaking, he would be playing on the second best NA team. I'll but tell what you is what, that, right? I, I don't think he'd care if I said this, but uh, <laughs> I talked to him after TI. I'm like, what, what are your plans? He's like, I'm either going to join an EU team or if that doesn't work, Arkosh. <laughs> so I see. He was okay. kind of ready to, I mean, not... He's kind of ready to give up the dream of being, you know, mm -hmm. truly competitive, unless it was EU. He's pretty much done with NA. Yeah, I think that's a big shame because I feel like you know there there are some talented players in Dota that haven't had like a really big break, like a top three major placement or gone a deep run at TI or whatever. I think Quinn is one of the players that has the most promise. I'm also going to say he's one of the guys with the biggest Achilles heel because he has been prone to choking at big stages. Uh, but I think it's fair for him to get these opportunities to really improve. And we've seen for other players that did used to have a problem uh, with international competition get a lot better when they got more experience. So I I'm kind of saying this like Quinn is a new player, which isn't really the case, right? He's played for a couple of years, but I just think NA is just a... What's the opposite of the hyperbolic time chamber? It's like... Sauna? Yeah, NA is a sauna. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Um, so I, I, I believe, I believe way, I don't want him to do well. I game, like guy, game and so. Gladiators uh, announcements of each player were hilarious. They were all based on salad. Uh, oh, yeah. They, they made puns on everybody's name. That was, that was really Quinoa. good. Quinoa. Quinoa? Is, that's how it's said, isn't it? Quinoa? Wait, is that how you said it? It's called Quinoa in Danish. I'm pretty sure. You're kidding. That. Quinoa? <laughs> That sounds like an American so. trying to pronounce this word. <laughs> quinoa. So the, the pronunciation is quinoa or quinoa, it says here. Quinoa. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I guess both are legit. I I've never heard quinoa in Danish, at least, but it says right. here in English, quinoa. That's so funny that in the U.S., the biggest rednecks, not that they're eating quinoa. We'll say quinoa, though. So. Huh. Oh. Anyway. Moving on, yep. PSG, LGD, lots of changes. Faith Beyond obviously retires. Jin Q, uh, to my understanding, was kicked. Uh, Ame Didn't went in, his face enough. Went inactive, um, and their full roster now is W H U Smile. Is that the same? That's not the same. Smile. It's uh, it's innocence. It's Y. Oh, that is Y. Yeah. So it's Y and nothing to say, and okay. then three new players: Shiro, Planet, and then. Chinese characters, I can't. I don't remember how to pronounce that nickname. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to say that this is not a downgrade, right? Because LGD has just been insane for like two, two, three years. They've been the best team in the world, in my opinion. Uh, unfortunately for them, they never won TI, but they are, in terms of like lowest lows and highest highs and just average performance, they are the best team of the last two or three years for me. Uh, and the only thing they were missing was a TI win, and they just never got it. And that's sad for a lot of their players. Now, there are some rumors about Ame and Somnus, who also retired, which we've talked about before. Uh, Somnus said in an interview on his stream, I think it was, that he would be willing to return and play uh, under the right conditions, even for free, I think was his wording or whatever. Uh, and I think he would like to play with Ame. So maybe that one is brewing for season two. Who knows? Um, those two together, they played together on which LGD was that? Was it TI8? Sure. Two. 
I think. Um, but yeah, that was a, also an absolute banger team. So uh, I think LGD are going to lose the throne as the best team in the world this year with this roster. That's my gloomy outlook uh, because I think it's hard to compete with what they had before. Uh, but I do think both NTS and Y are absolute S-tier players in their positions, and I'm ready to be impressed by the new guys. But um, yeah, it's a it's a tough level to uphold for sure. Yep. And then from I'm gonna try calling them NGX from now on. Enigma Galaxy, but NGX mm-hmm. uh, have finalized their roster. Kuro is returning. I think there was questions about whether that was going to be the case. GH, Mind Control, and Sumail return. And ATF is the one joining, which means Miracle is taking a break. So ATF playing the position one, which it felt like he kind of did that from the three role before. That is his real role, I think. This guy is a carry player. So he just found a patch in OG that you could carry in the offlane, and they exploited the fuck out of that. But this guy is a carry player, in my opinion. Uh, So I think he's going to fit right into the role. As far as the team goes, I don't know. I don't know how the team dynamic is going to be. I don't know how he's going to work together with Kuro. Because I think Kuro's leadership style is going to be very different from what he's used to in OG. Um, That is purely speculation. I have not coached or been in either team. But just the vibe I'm getting. Um, And we'll see how Amar fits with that. Uh, And also, keep in mind, I believe he was kicked from OG, right? I don't think he left. So perhaps there were... It wasn't the perfect fit there either. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Um, I, I definitely think this is the role this guy should be playing, and I think he's a very skilled player. Um, I'm a bit concerned about some of the things about how open-minded he is to playing other heroes and other strategies, because I think Kuro, historically speaking, obviously for himself, he's the player who has played the most different heroes in Pro Dota ever. Uh, but he has a lot of strategies that require a very high level of execution and abstraction, where it's like timing-based pushing strategies or uh, lineups with very few stuns and stuff like that that are more creative and where I would say the execution cap is very high. Uh, and when Nigma play their absolute best, they can make drafts that look confusing, look like the best picks ever, and they can make them look really bad. Um, and I'm a bit unsure if Amar, with his youngster perspective and the way he's been playing for OG, how he's going to adapt to that. Or if it is Kuro that has to take some more inspiration from the new guy. Um, but I'm hopeful. And I guess it can't get much worse for Nigma, right? Let's be honest. Like These guys are superstars, and they just had a really shit year. So they, they're probably going to do better. Uh, TSM make a lot of changes. Moon Meander is now the coach. That one really shocked me, actually. Uh, Tomato and Brow continue that. on. Uh, but from the position three role, since they will lose Saberlight, which we'll get to in a bit, uh, Kassan? Kassan? I'm not sure how to say it. I think, I guess it's Kassane. I don't know. It's, it sounds like an anime character. Yeah, Kassane. That sounds, <clears throat> yeah, you're right. And then for the four and five, it's, it's Ari. It's Botswana. I just Googled it. That's it, probably not where he has it from. Probably not, no. Okay, it's also a movie. An ugly but talented actress gains the power to copy the bodies of beautiful actresses temporarily. But how long can she maintain the facade? Movie from 2018. Wow, that sounds like the worst movie I've ever heard of. That actually. is probably also not where he has it from, but maybe. Sunsen recommends Kasane, the movie. <laughs> uh, the I think four, they had pretty good ratings, actually. The four and the five Six are, out of ten. All right. Are Ari and Whitemon. Yep. Uh, so a lot of different flags here. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Whitemon from SCA 
Ari is United Kingdom. The best player UK has maybe ever had in Dota 2. That's cool. Which which isn't saying a lot, to be fair. Uh, but this guy... <laughs> Still cool. He, he has a lot of promise. I think what's really impressive about Ari is that I think... So his story... Correct me if I'm wrong here. I think he was number one on the ladder in Heroes of the Storm. Uh, and then the, hero, the game lost Blizzard support, so he moved on to Dota, and he climbed the ranks giga fast. I think this guy's like... Is he 19? Let's um, see. Yeah, he's 19. Yeah. Um, You're right. Former Heroes, of, Heroes the of the Storm player reached rank one on the ladder in 2018. However, after the game's professional league was discontinued, Ari switched to Dota 2 in 2019 and committed to the game full-time in May 2021. To give some perspective, this guy has played the game for three years, and he's top 35 in Europe as a support player, primarily. That's pretty impressive. Uh, I think that's the highest rank I've seen him at. He might have been way higher than that, too. He might have been top 10 or something as well. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, definitely a stable top 50 EU pub player who's played the game for a few years. Kind of, you know, reminds you of a lot of these other young superstars, like the ones OG took in, like Yuragi and Amar, etc. Um, and the fact that he's from the UK, I think, is really fucking good for the game. Um, it's a pretty big country with garbage representation, except where, what do we have? Like fucking T governor, like <laughs> uh, Odie Pixel. <laughs> so sheepsticked, you know, no, nah, it's good. Um, this this guy is, is legit. And I think the biggest question mark people have is actually Kasane, because most people haven't heard of that guy at all. Um, but I believe it was 33 that says Kasane is the best Beastmaster player in the world. And 33 learned from that guy. So that is... Pretty promising. Um, yeah, should be interesting to see what so. they're able to do. Uh, Alliance, brand new roster, kind of. <laughs> Charlie yeah. Chuan. I never know how to say that guy's uh, name. I think it's Chien. Chien. S4, yeah. Ponlo, and Hanskin. So they've kind of reversed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, they were. I mean, this team, it was, it's not exactly the same team as last year, but um, yeah. they did. Better than the other alliance. Yep. So this was what were they called last season? I thought Hanskin was on bad terms with them, so it's good to know that they're on good terms again. Or he just wants that sweet 10k per day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what, what was this team called last season? Why am I forgetting? Um, S4 and Hanskin's team with Charlie. Sure, Goon Squad. Goon Chad, Squad, that's right. Chad is so letting us know. It's three out of five Goon Squad players, and then they've taken two SEA players, which I think is a cool, a cool move. We'll see how that works out. Ponlo. Uh, surprising to me that they've announced it with Ponlo as four and Hanskin as five. I think inverting their roles would be better, um, but this might have something to do with their idea of how they're going to shot call in the game, and they want Hanskin to do that more from the five position or whatever. But I actually think these two players are better at the inverse roles. So... We'll see how that works out, or maybe they're just going to change it along the way. Uh, Chien is a super high-skilled mid player from SCA. So, yeah, isn't it kind of ironic when you look at it? Like, EU has obviously insane placements at TI, but what a fucking hard region. And we're just importing players. Mm -hmm. The people want to come to this region that's going to be the hardest ever um, to try to qualify for anything. Um, but obviously it's the one where they can prove themselves the most and they can grow the most as players. So I think it's very admirable, but it's also a high risk, right? Yeah. Um, I, I guess for someone like Quinn and someone like Ponlo and Chien, at least there's the salary, right? That is a, st a stable, uh, that might be either better, uh, than what they're used to, at least comparable. But, um, yeah, 
Best of luck to them. I don't know if Europe is getting another slot for the next major, but this region is fucking fierce right now. Yeah, it is very I don't hard. think they will. Uh, Team Spirit, they part ways with Toronto, Tokyo, and replace him. Yep. He left on his own, to my understanding. Yep. And replaced uh, by Laurel. Yeah. I actually don't know that. Uh, I'm, I heard that myself, so I'll just okay. throw that out there. Uh, yep. So we'll see if that changed anything i know toronto tokyo well we'll get to that in a bit i think um yep you want to play with somebody lawless uh lawless a very improved player for me um i think he got a lot better in the last year and he he had a standout performance in my opinion on bet boom i think he really showed promise so for spirit they need a replacement obviously for toronto tokyo i think in the cis uh, or eastern europe mid pool this is one of the absolute best options you had so I, I think Spirit are should be pretty happy with this. I think this is a good fit. Um, and his playstyle also mimics that of Toronto Tokyo quite a bit. I would say Larl is a pretty aggressive player, uh, but he's also very creative. I think he plays a lot of different stuff. We've seen him play like Sniper mid uh, when other teams weren't really running it. He's not afraid of picking off-brand stuff uh, and giving you that edge. So mm. I, think, uh, I think that's a good pickup for Spirit. Hard to say they'll be better, but I don't think this is... Like, as much of a downgrade as you could argue in other teams. So, pretty good. Okay. Uh, Nouns, who are the in the wildcard race. Uh, yep. Their roster is Eve, Gunner, Moo, Leslau, Husky. So, Leslau is new. He comes from Quincy Crew. And then Eve, who has been in NA forever, it feels like. He played for wildcard gaming, right? Uh, maybe. I think <laughs> been so. on a lot of teams, think, so it's hard to He remember. played for wildcard. So, Nouns lose their carry, which was... Costa Bile and they Costa lose Bile and they lose Z Freak. Yeah. My boy we'll Z Freak a bit later. <clears throat> uh, Entity. Uh, actually, I didn't look at their roster. They lost Pure. Yeah. So the reason I brought up uh, Toronto Tokyo yeah, leaving is because Toronto Tokyo wanted to play with Entity. Or <laughs> not Entity. He wanted to play with Pure. So they both left their respective teams. Uh, Pure oh, is right, replaced by Watson. Watson, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. Super high-rated uh, Eastern European carry player. He's been rank one uh, recently. Very, very improved and stable carry. And I think he fits the bill for how Entity want to play. So, good fit for them. Uh, Betboom puts together this lineup. Pure, GPK, Nightfall, Save, Toronto, Tokyo as a five. Yep. What the fuck? Yeah, talk about a change-up, huh? Um, I'm happy to see Save back. I feel like he's one of the best players in the world that was just benched for half a year, I think, by VP. He hasn't really played much. Uh, now he finally gets to show his plays again. This guy's super good. Um, this is... What would you call this? This is kind of the secret. Uh, you know, the 2016 secret or whatever, the superstar roster with like all these amazing players. This is like the secret of Eastern Europe that secret like they have absolute monsters on every position except toronto tokyo is a question mark but he has one ti right uh but yeah, as but a five we don't really know but the other players in these roles are incredibly going from good. two to five is quite <clears throat> a departure it is definitely a big change and the the concern is that some of these players on the international i, I guess primarily gpk i think hasn't really had that big result like when he goes deep in tournaments it's been he's had some of his weaker performances when it mattered the most i would say uh, but there's a lot of experience and a lot of power in this team. Um, 
I, I think this team is one of those that is either going to be the absolute best in the region or they're going to make changes in three months. Mm. That's kind of how I look at this. They, they will not be satisfied with being <laughs> second best. I, I think that's really just, yeah. this is like a super team. And when super teams don't win everything, they aren't happy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's going to be yeah, a I'm curious. to look out for for sure. Yeah. Uh, bait making some news. Yeah, they are going to be playing the <clears throat> NADPC. Their full roster <clears throat> is Stonebank, Dendi, Funic, Moose, and Lodine. So Stonebank, we cast a lot of in yep. the NADPC. He was actually really good. I thought he was a stand-in, actually, if I'm not mistaken. And every time mm. he stood in as a position one, he destroyed mm. everybody. Um, but more. The more interesting thing than anything is the fact that Dendy's playing in NA now. Now the question yeah. is, does he like I'm sure they'll have boot camps or something, but I'm guessing mm -hmm. he's not relocating to NA permanently. Yeah, that's a good question, right? So this team has four Ukrainians, uh, which means by usual rules they can't play in NA if they play from home. So I don't know exactly what the rules are right now, but I believe at least for the duration of the season, you have to have three out of five players physically in the region. Mm. So I don't know who is going to be there, if it's all five, if it's a subset of them. Obviously, Moose is the closest one. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a really interesting move for Bait. Uh, the, their ventures in Eastern Europe did not go well. Arguably, this is going to be an easier region with a higher chance of making it to bigger events. Uh, my concern, which is like the opposite of what we talked about with someone like Quinn, is, is this team going to a region where they will not grow very much as players? I guess for Dendi and Funic, that's not as much of a concern. You know, these like super veteran players that are, you know, most likely past their prime. Uh, that doesn't mean you can't get it back. It has happened. You know, people wrote off Seb and said he's never getting as good as he was. And then he won two TIs. So mm. I'm, I'm never going to discredit and say people can't do it. But based on what we've seen compared to their absolute peaks where Dendi and Funic, you know, were trashing people, getting super high placement three TIs back to back. It's been a long time since these guys have been on a podium or even close to it. So um, I'm concerned that if this really gets rolling, and this is a well-oiled machine, if they're shooting themselves in the foot by not playing in Eastern Europe, because they would get better practice right, um, and more experience. So, But we'll see. It's a cool... I, I don't know if cool is the right word. It's an interesting move. Um, and obviously, it's hard not to cheer for Dendi to be successful, right? So let's uh, see how it works out. All right. This one... <laughs> <laughs> the old EG roster, aka the team with Fly and whatnot. Oh yeah, this. They, they have announced that they have partnered. Uh, their org is Shopify, which is a huge brand. That's very cool yeah. to see. And they will be sticking together, mostly in part. Uh, their announcement has a picture. Uh, well, first of all, Saberlight joins them. And he is a monster, so it's, I think he's going to fit in really well. But their picture, instead of fly, it shows always want to fly. Uh, yeah, which <laughs> they fixed that quickly, but that was really funny. I saved so, it, so... So uh, I'm assuming what happened was that whoever did the graphics for this, right? They were told the name of the players, they're like, make a graphic with these players, and then they just probably just googled fly Dota, and this guy's literally nickname, it would be fly Dota, right? Always want to fly, so... They actually announced the roster with Always Wanna Fly. They fixed it within, I don't know, 15 minutes or whatever. But that was, <laughs> that was a pretty funny blunder, not gonna lie. Uh, um, 
But yeah, it's the same rosters we're used to from EG with the offlaner swapped out. Obviously, with nice Nightfall going back to the superstar Eastern European team, uh, they get Saberlight. I think he's going to be a better fit for the team. I'll be honest. I think this team will be better. Uh, not because I think Saberlight is a better player than Nightfall. I think it would be tough. It's a tough ask to find a better player. But I think in terms of team atmosphere, in terms of mentality, in terms of personalities, uh, this is a better fit for this team based on how I know these players. Um, yep, agreed. So I, I think EG will be better, uh, and I think they will be the team to beat in NA. Honestly, like, they're not as called usual, EG. They're called right Shopify Rebellion. Shopify we'll, it, it, Rebellion. <clears throat> It'll take some time to get used to. We'll probably call them EG for a while, but yeah, this will be the team to beat um, together with New TSM, which could be a surprise. Could be the better team. Uh, now with Quincy Crew disbanding, that is not really a concern of NA's anymore. So I think. Realistically speaking, TSM and this team should feel very safe, almost. Uh, if, if NA has two slots, these two teams should get them 80 to 90% of the time. Wait, um, sorry, which teams? EG and... Or whatever uh, the hell their name is. Shopify Rebellion and TSM. With you the, think so? You think I so? I mean, nouns, nouns could also take down TSM, but TSM's I, I think... TSM's lineup the, is totally different. I don't know if they're going to be as good. I think I think they're going to be really good, but we'll see. I mean, it's a lot of speculation. You're right, because there's so many changes. Uh, but I have I have personally have more faith in TSM's lineup than Nouns is right now, and I think this Shopify Rebellion team will be number one in the region. I just think they're going to cement themselves as the best team in NA this season um, with this roster. I'm pretty confident. Okay, but we'll see. Uh, um, one thing that I forgot to put on here is OG's roster. Uh, obviously, yeah. with ATF leaving, they replace him with DM, who was on. Was it VP? I love that guy. Wait. He is so good. What did they change their name to again? VP? Halfway through What's the... That? What was VP's name last season? Uh, Betboom? No. Oh, you Outsiders. Outsiders, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, DM, so you think this is a good fit for them? Yeah, I think this guy is super good. Uh, I think he's very hungry, and I think this is a team that he can really thrive in. Every, every interaction, every experience I've had with this guy in pubs and talking to him and seeing how he, you know, how he does winner interviews when he played with outsiders and everything, I think he's just a really, really good match. Um, he's on my short list of players I would love to play with. Uh, so I think OG have got a big score in him. Uh, yeah, I, I'm very hopeful for them. And I think something that's really powerful for OG in getting this player compared to Amar is that I think they have a more flexible and a more creative offlaner. Some of the criticism at Margo was that he was very stubborn and that there were meta changes and he just didn't adapt, right? He didn't play Beastmaster, he didn't play Brood, like these offlane micro-based summon heroes visage. Mm -hmm. DM can play everything. Um, he, in that sense, he's kind of... You know, when you think about offlaners that can play every hero, you think about someone like Ice Ice Ice, right? Or Zai. Um, he's kind of like them, but from Eastern Europe. Um, okay. His English is very good. So communication will not be an issue. Probably the, I want to say the Eastern European player with the best English that I've heard uh, in the pro scene, together with Dendi, probably. So, um, yeah. This guy's good. And Resso, yes, Resso as well. And also probably a good comparison player to player, to be fair, because Resso also plays a lot of different stuff, right? Um, but yeah, well, because he's I think, played like three roles now in his career. Yeah. Four, actually. I think looking through this entire history of what we've looked at with the teams, the biggest winners of this season with the roster shuffle, in my opinion, are OG and Liquid, getting Nisha and DM. I think those are the two biggest winners. Uh, 
maybe Alliance. Alliance is an org, probably, right? Because their season was tragic. So relative to what they had, this is probably a mega upgrade mm -hmm. uh, because it went so poorly. But like this Alliance relative to Goon Squad is hard to say uh, whether Chien is going to outperform someone like Limp. And, um, but yeah, um, I think OG should be very happy, at least. Uh, speaking of OG, we have Old G uh, yep. announcing their roster. It's No Tail, MSS, Topson, No One, and Seb. So yeah, I didn't get to watch the whole thing, but uh, they did like a semi ten minute like video announcement about this, and that mm -hmm. they weren't going to take this super seriously, which. I can't imagine any of these players actually being okay with not Isn't taking it Isn't that what serious. they always say? Yeah, man, it's for the love of the game. It's fun. We just love it. Oh, it turns out we're really fucking good. Let's make some money. You know, like, come on, man. You're not fooling anyone. Here's my question, like, though, Cinderin. Are they allowed to do this? Uh, yes, they are. But their two teams cannot play in Valve events together. As far as I'm aware with the rules... Mm -hmm. You can have two teams owned by the same org or with shared ownership in everything aside from majors and TI. So DPC is fine? I think so. I could be wrong, so take it with a grain of salt. I know for a fact at TI, it's an absolute no-go. So let's say this team and the OG team both make TI. Uh, they would have to sell off their shares, for example, in order to compete or whatever they would do. Um, in majors, I think it's the same, but maybe that has either changed or I'm misinformed or remember it incorrectly. I think in the DPC, it's fair game. Um, so the I reason, we'll yeah, so again, just to reiterate, the reason we're asking these questions is because No-Tail... It's a real possibility. I don't know about Topson, but No-Tail and Seb almost, I mean, I shouldn't say almost, 100%, they have big stakes in OG. OG. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Topson, I would imagine, has some. But Probably came too. on a little yeah. later, obviously. Uh, so this was the whole EG and Alliance thing back in the day when EG owned both teams, right? Or, Rich yeah. or Richard. <laughs> Alex Garfield yep. owned both teams. So yeah. what the hell do you do? There's, like, let's say you... Let's just go out on a limb here and say both teams qualify for TI, which doesn't sound that crazy based on the rosters I, alone. It's pretty unlikely, but let's say they do. Yeah. It's unlikely, yeah. Okay. Because uh, EU is as fucking stacked as it is, right? It's So if they both qualify for TI, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there is no fucking way No Tail and Seb sell off their shares for OG. There's no way. There's no way. So if you're the other players on this team, it's like, well, fuck, what are we playing for? <laughs> That's what I'm not understanding. Yeah. Maybe there's a rule change that we don't know about? Uh, maybe they sell off their shares during TI and then they buy them back. <laughs> wow, that's the loophole. I get. Yeah, if that works, it works. I mean, I, I, honestly, I don't know. Uh, it, I, and I think I want to say this because, like, like you said, it sounds like the vibe is uh, we're doing this for the love of the game. We're doing it for fun, etc. I don't. I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like that's not. I think MSS and no one are too good to sign up for that if they don't think there's the perspective of actually making big events. Mm. Like, unless they literally got no offers, but I just don't see a world where MSS and no one got nothing appealing. These two players are really fucking good. Um, MSS gets out of NA, just like Quinn did, uh, gets some more international experience with this team. Uh, but I don't know, like, 
maybe it is just, you know, seven no till are like, hey, let's play again. Thompson, hey, you want to do it? And Thompson's like, sure, I didn't get on Liquid. They got Nisha. So I, I have nothing else. Let's and do I a season join with this. Puppy. Just to... He told me to kill myself. Long yeah, time ago. exactly. Let's just uh, <laughs> let's do this to to profile ourselves and just to get in shape for closer to TI, and then it can lead to better opportunities for all of us. Maybe that's the angle that it's like a profiling team, and then if everything goes great, then it's obviously awesome. But if it doesn't, then they all get practice, they get experience, and they get to show what they're capable of still for future prospects mm. instead of just fading into you know a full on break or obscurity or whatever. But like, I'm just looking at these players. Like, you can't tell me this team is not going to try to win. Like that, they're just playing for fun. I would be way more sold on that idea if they had someone like Jerax instead of MSS and someone else than no one. Where it's like, it's the good old OG boys. They've done everything. One last ride kind of thing. Let's have some fun. One Let's last, see if we've still last, got one it. One last ride. Right. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like MSS and no one just have way too much to prove and way too many stakes for for this yep. to just be a stake of fun. But. We'll see. I mean, obviously, people are super hyped for this team. Um, they're going to play open qualifiers to get into the DPC because they don't even have a slot. So that's the first challenge. And while that might sound easy, all it takes is one slip-up bad game and you're fucked. So they need to play well from the start. I think someone like Notel has been quite far away from Dota for a while, so he's going to need some time to get back into it. We might have the, you know, the Jerex in EG situation where it's a couple of months of warm-up. Mm. to really get back into it um but yeah the the potential is definitely there right and this is going to be a team that people want to watch so there's going to be a lot of ice on their games uh another big news here arkosh gaming uh <clears throat> their roster okay they might actually be the biggest winners of the arkosh they Shuffle. have koikva excalibur monkeys z freak and febby all known names they yep. have changed their logo, their theme. Instead of demons, it's now angels. Their announcements were great. Great videos by Slacks, as always. Uh, this team... So, on paper, the team's actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Like, in, in NA, this would do pretty well. The problem is, I doubt they will be able to practice a lot because most of them are mostly full-time streamers. I know Excalibur yeah. and Koikva, they're full-time streamers. <clears throat> Monkey streams a lot. Febby streams a good amount. I don't know if Z-Freak streams, but if he does, Not he much, should. I think. So yeah, I, I mean, probably the same logic for Arkosh as previous seasons, right? It's, it's more of a content than result-driven org. Uh, in terms of like just raw content, there should be a massive upgrade in terms of eyeballs, except losing, or no, not losing, right? So they just gain Koikva and Excalibur, who are two big streamers. Um, in Europe in particular. And the ceiling of this team's roster, I would say, is quite a bit higher than the previous one. Uh, now, what they don't have is a DPC slot. They need to play open qualifiers for DPC because yeah. Arkosh last season <laughs> didn't show up for some of their games and got DQ'd or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, that's so, pretty, I mean, it's pretty bad. Kind of, it's kind of easy to raise the bar here uh, when you keep that in mind. Um, now, the thing for me is, okay, so with a team like this, let's say you're a content-driven org, you know, you're playing, you're playing fun, and then it turns out, hey, we're actually pretty good in NA. Like, this is the kind of team that I think could get first in Div 2, with relative ease. That's my opinion. Yeah, And I agree. in Div 1, they could make some waves, probably not get <laughs> top 2, but maybe get top 4. How does that affect the player's mentality when you're in that range? Is it like... 
guys, we're actually kind of close to getting to majors. Should we start really scrimming and take this more seriously? Or is it like, okay, we know what we signed up for. We're in the middle of the pack. That's fine. I'm still an ambitious player, though. So if I get an offering to you, I'm probably out of here if I'm Koikva, right? You know, like, it's a... Well, I, I think, think from Arkosh Org's perspective, it's not a problem because this is just really good content. And they're going to get a lot of viewers. But from the players, I'm just wondering, like, when you get to that range where, like, how your mentality handles that. that this state, is like right? the team bald of NA now, kind of. Um, yes, but they're playing in a way less competitive region. So the actual chance of getting results is way better. Exactly. Like, I agree, bald was the same, but bald was playing in a region where getting top four is really hard in this region getting top four with this kind of a roster is very plausible if not even i don't know i would say this might be the fourth best team in na on paper when i look at this roster because who else is there there's tsm then there's the shopify rebellion now there is nouns who else bait question mark Wildcard still maybe bait Wildcard lost the carry right you don't have faith in bait i think bait on paper is I don't know, man. I don't know if that's a better team than this one. They'll practice, though. That's the difference. That's that's true. I mean, so did Alliance, and they got smacked by Bald, right? So, um, uh, who? I mean, I don't know about. I don't know what Wildcard are doing. I thought Sammy didn't have a team now, and we saw Eve joining Nouns. So I don't know if Wildcard even exists anymore. I don't yeah, know if they they're registered. Not. Yeah, I don't know. So, so this this literally could be the fourth best team in NA. Arkosh. Let's see, wild card. What a season, though. What a season that was. Wild card is Flea, <clears throat> Babatich, Samson, Sunlight, and Ark. I think this team is better. Yeah. Uh, okay. I have and a lot of faith in Koikva. The last team, and player. we saved the most important. Uh, hold on one second. Let me just bring up the full roster here. Uh, team is named Fart Studios. Uh, this is the Jenkins team. It is Jenkins, Newsham, BSJ, Sonic, and I Annihilate. And if you guys go onto the website that shows the registration, BSJ was bamboozled, unbeknownst to him. So you know how you... Like somebody on the roster creates the org and then they invite the players, right? So Jenkins yep. did that. BSJ's name is Fart SJ, and he accepted it without seeing it. His official name. <laughs> His official name is Fart. Absolute state of NA Dota, ladies and gentlemen. That is just that's the fucking most NA oh, thing. Oh, it's so good. <sighs> <laughs> Brian C, aka Fart SJ. SJ. I keep saying G, Fart SJ. Oh, God, that's good. Dude, so, that team could be Division 1 NA. Actually, they we should. Have, they literally we could have should Team be. Fart in Division 1. I imagine you're a sponsor and you're like, hmm, should I get into American Dota? And then there's a team in the, <laughs> the premier division of the region is called fucking Fart. Fart Studios. It sounds professional. <laughs> I mean, I think it's fucking hilarious, but I don't know if it's good for... Not because I think fart jokes are really funny. That's a Jenkins and you kind of thing, but... Them you just laugh, taking a, in person, you laugh a lot, Cinder, and don't them, try to play it off. Them them just taking, you know... Them just shooting the shit at the whole state of NA Dota is something I can appreciate. I think that is really funny, but there were a lot of names they could have chosen. But just this whole 
this is like really that's my <sighs> kind of sarcasm right there you know uh, uh i wish them all the best uh they're probably gonna end up in div one i think so too actually uh okay uh, i think we're going quite over time here so what i want to do is talk about the ability arena tournament streamer tournament that we had the future tournament and then the rest of the stuff including all the new stuff in ability arena i'll talk about next week which okay if we're doing a podcast at the regular date then i think we will then we should be good um okay so we had the streamer tournament for ability arena season three it involved mr cinderman in fact let me bring up the whole list so i forget anybody here we had Cinderin, Monkeys, T Governor, Capitalist, Effie, Dendy, Waga, and Grubby. It was a lot of fun, and somehow Cinderin wins via tiebreaker. Somehow. Dude, that last game was a nail biter, actually. We need to change the tiebreaker rules because. I was just going to say you need to change the tiebreaker <laughs> rules. And there's a very easy fix it's just who won most games. Uh, Why is that not the best uh, tiebreaker? The tiebreaker most number ones for the normal tournament. The tiebreaker is who placed better in the last game. Why isn't it just who won most games in general? Isn't that a good tiebreaker? And then if they're tied there, then it's who got most second places. Well, you would have been tied again with monkeys in that case because you both got first twice. Yeah, but who got most second places then? Oh my god! You see, that's what I mean. Like you could just tie it down that way, right? You just go top to bottom until somebody did better. Right, well, and the chance that I'll two players the have council. the exact same placements in five games is almost impossible. I mean, it could happen, but... Uh, if you want to go that rule, then you would have gotten second place, actually. You sure you want that to happen? Sure. I mean, it's not retroactive. <laughs> you can implement, implement it for the future. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's a great good. rule this time. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. so to give a little bit of perspective, or a little bit of context here, if you guys are familiar with the game, the reason it was funny was that in the last game, I had a, an extremely snowball-y game. I played Gambler, and I was just winning every round while gambling, so I got super far ahead. And Monkeys knew that he had lost, so he knew the tiebreaker condition was having most Gabins in the last game. <laughs> so it became this arms race where he started selling his abilities to try to get Gabins, because he knew he would lose it anyway. And he was getting second, which is what he needed. So I needed to keep up and make sure I have one more Gaben than him, and I did in the end, so... It was actually pretty... I got a little bit nervous there in the end that I was actually going to lose with a score of 20 to 1 or whatever it was. It was pretty funny. But, yeah, very sad yeah. for you. Yeah, uh, but, but, but I did, so we're good. Yeah, so season 3 has a shit ton of new stuff, which I won't talk about now. I'll talk about it in the next episode. But mm. uh, the regular tournament, the community tournament, has been announced. If you go to abilityarena.com slash tournaments. You can sign up now. It'll be on December 17th and 18th. Uh, it'll be for $1,000 and a bunch of in-game stuff as per norm. So uh, it'll have up to 256 people. Let's see how many people are signed up right now. <clears throat> Why doesn't it say? A lot it, of people. A lot of people are signed up, but you guys still have room, of course, to get in. What the hell's wrong with this thing? participants there we go there's 118 people signed up so it's about halfway there so you still have time uh, and i believe there is a wait list as well so if the if it fills up you still can probably get in because a bunch of people still don't show up day of for some reason they just sign up and then forget about it just like 
Cinderin probably would, since I've shown up. If there wasn't me reminding you that there's a tournament, you wouldn't show up half the time, probably. I didn't forget. Okay, well. Uh, yeah, look forward to that. And next episode, like I said, we'll talk about all the new stuff in the in the season because there is a shit ton that we announced. Um, but yeah, that is the end of this episode. Uh, there's also some cool game announcements that we'll get to. Uh, if you guys yeah, haven't heard, don't one. read the news. Uh, it's going to be brand new uh, for the <laughs> next episode, like I said. So look forward to that. Okay, so sorry for the delays. Sorry for Cinderin's voice. Uh, really appreciate everybody supporting us. And until next time, we'll see you in a few days, I guess, or whenever the hell the next yeah. episode is. Peace! We say things that Subscribe. Thing, but thanks for listening. Yeah.